Well, here we go with another award-winning podcast, and that is not true at all. We've never won any awards, although I do understand that you can nominate your own podcast podcast for a Webby Award, and uh, but it costs something like $250 to nominate your podcast for a Webby Award, but then you're pretty much guaranteed to win. But I figure, why would I bother to do that? Uh, but the fucking Webby people, that's genius. I had to come up with my own award. I had to call it the Davey Award, and it's for anything. I mean, you can win a Davey Award, and I will make you a trophy, and I will send it to you, and I will say, so this is for um, uh, Kiara, and Kiara is the uh, the Webby Award winner for 2020 for Best Hair, or this is for, um, I don't know, Brianna. Brianna is the Best Architect Award winner of the Davey Award for 2020, and uh, there is a $300 entry fee, um, but you will win the award. Um, and you know what, I guess, but what if more than one architect enters the Webby Award, or not the Webby, the Davy Award, so I'm going to say honorable mention, so there it is, so, so I'll give somebody the award, but everybody gets an honorable mention, and it's only $300 to, um, to sign up, and you get an award, and you can always say in the world of architecture, I, Brianna uh, uh, Ingebretson. I won the architecture, or what did I say? Architect? Yeah, architecture. Anyway, so I'm kind of rambling a little bit. How are you? <laughs> All right. No, I'm not in a weird mood. I'll tell you, though, it's been a long day. And the last thing that I have to do on a Sunday before I'm done for the day is the podcast. And I save it for last because I kind of just, like, you know, put some thought into it. And we're going to get started right now. This week on Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Nothing. Here we go. Sabina wrote and said that she would love to hear a podcast that was all about radio stories and radio uh, tales and things like that. And she says she finds it interesting whenever I tell like a radio or a music story. So I'm going to tell you one that goes back a long time. Uh, and then I'm going to tell you a newer one. And they're both very interesting, I think. So here's one about music. Uh, MTV was new in 1981. That's when it first came on the air. Now, you might not be old enough to remember, but MTV used to actually play videos. That's what they did, is they played videos. And it's kind of a joke for people that remember. It's like, oh, yeah, back when MTV actually played music videos. Um, and they've evolved into, what is it now, 16 and pre uh, pregnant and um, uh, ridiculousness and some other things. And I don't watch MTV anymore, but let me tell you, back in the day, you would come home and you would turn on MTV and your friends would come over and you would drink or smoke weed or whatever and you would have MTV on and you would watch for hours. And uh, it was a huge deal. So 1983, there was a band called Loverboy and most people know them for the song, Everybody's Working for the Weekend. And MTV did a lot of really just badass innovative contests back then. Like, you know, you could win a car from Ghostbusters. You could win, um, I don't remember whether that was exactly true. You could win Prince coming to your town to do the world premiere of his movie, Under the Cherry Moon. And it actually happened. And I think the person who won lived in um, Sheridan, Wyoming, if I remember right. And so Prince flew out to Sheridan, Wyoming and did the world premiere of Under the Cherry Moon. 
And MTV was just super innovative, and they had the most, you know, the biggest budgets, and they did all kinds of cool stuff, and they were, of course, connected with all the bands back then. Band called Loverboy had a new song out called Queen of the Broken Hearts, and they wanted to make a video. So the promo was like, dude, we're Loverboy, and we are all set to shoot our new video, but we need one part that hasn't been cast yet. Could it be you? Send a postcard to MTV and you could win a role in our new video. So I got the backstory on this, and this is interesting and kind of disgusting at the same time. The, when, when somebody sends in a postcard, there was no picture of what they looked like. And uh, there was no, uh, you know, th- they didn't think it through. So they didn't know whether the person they were going to get was going to be videogenic or telegenic or photogenic. And... Uh, by, you know, in, in 1983, the world was a very sexist place. So, of course, they wanted some hot babe. Um, the woman that won, they chose her postcard at random, and I admire them for, you know, at least being honest and choosing it at random. But then when I think about it, they didn't know what she looked like until they called her and said, hey, you're a winner. And guess what? We're going to fly you out here for the video. Well, they found out that she was not attractive. And that's not nice to say, but she was not. If you watch the video for Queen of the Broken Hearts, it's full of like ridiculous girls in leather bikinis and they're wearing almost nothing and they're, you know, thin as a rail and they're, of course, all models. So this girl did not look like a model. She was much more average looking, probably a little bit of a bigger girl. And so, but they had to put her in the video. So she is in the video to this day. If you go watch the video for Queen of the Broken Hearts by Loverboy, Uh, And I'll put a link to it up on the Facebook page um, for Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. I'll put a link to it. If you watch it, I think it's near the beginning of the video where there's someone watching a very 1983 video computer screen. And as the camera pulls back, it reveals her. And she's very average looking. She's not unattractive. She just doesn't look like the other girls in the video. So the story is that... You know, they looked at the girl and they said, oh my gosh, we've got to put her in the video. We can't hurt her feelings. We can't back out. So we're going to put her in for a blink and a half. And so if I remember right, that's the words they use, blink and a half. And maybe I made that up in my mind. I'm not sure. But that's about how long she's in there. And so, yeah, she's in the video. But it was pretty deceiving. My wife just came in to the office while I'm recording this and she got something off the computer, and she left the door open. So I'm going to reach over here and close the door. (laughs) Okay, so there's one little story, and I'm going to try to think of some more of these because over the years I've heard some crazy stories in the music industry. And you know what? The music industry is all smoke and mirrors. It is. It's showbiz. It's all smoke and mirrors. I mean, there's a lot of doubt as to whether Halsey's backstory is really true. There's always a lot of doubt whether, you know, people like Justin Timberlake write, write their own songs and whether, you know, a lot of these artists write their own songs. And, um, you know, a lot of it is based on how these artists look. Let's be honest. The rare is the artist that doesn't look like they should be a model. Uh, Ed Sheeran, um, Louis Capaldi, they don't look like models. But, you know, it's okay. Billie Eilish is, you know, so different than your regular pop star. But she's also quite attractive. So a lot of these people that are famous, they fit the mold. The record company is a very, very big, careful business, and they will not take a risk on somebody that doesn't have a good chance of succeeding. That is why nearly every pop star 
nearly every hip-hop star has got a look. They're either really attractive or they look badass. And rare is the pop star, especially a female, unfortunately very sexist, that doesn't look like a model. Miley Cyrus, Selena Gomez, um, Camila Cabello, uh, even Adele looks like a model. Lizzo is one of the first ones that doesn't look like a model, and I think that's one of the reasons why people were so drawn to her. Anyway, so here comes another radio story. And I've told this a couple of times, but most of the people I meet in radio are great people. They're humble, they're shy to a degree. That doesn't make them a great person, but they're just good people. And I think that most radio people get into radio because they really want to help other people. And they want to, sure, we love attention, but we love to matter. And I think that the ones that love to matter for their own sake are the worst ones. The ones that want to matter to you, and there is a difference, those are the better ones. I've always thought that I've been one that wants to matter to you. I want you to listen to the radio and go, my God, that show made my show a little bit better. Not, wow, Dave Ryan is a badass superstar, and um, uh, I sure hope that he is um, you know, making a lot of... That would be about me. So anyway, this is a guy who was not in radio because he was a good person. As a matter of fact, he was kind of a creep. So he was my boss a long time ago, went to dinner with him one time, and my... Hold on, I'm looking at this and I'm going, is this even recording? One second, hold on. Uh, yes, okay, it is. Another window open on this, so I think we're good. Um, so my boss, years ago, uh, we all went to dinner with his wife and my girlfriend. My girlfriend later told me that my boss was playing footsie with her under the table the entire time. Okay, I absolutely had no doubt, but I was too much of a pussy to say anything to him about it because it's your boss. And she always thought he was kind of cute, and of course she was cute too. So this kind of sets the example of this guy. So um, later, this same guy worked at a radio station that I worked at, and uh, he would go home to bang one of the salespeople in the middle of the day. I think he went to her house. He was married, so he went to her house, and they would have sex in the middle of the day. And because he was good looking, and he was charming, and he was just like, he had a very charismatic, calm demeanor to him. And so uh, this woman... She was at the radio station when the radio station was nothing, and we were like in 10th place, and she finally, she said something to me like, I'm leaving this shithole. This place is a dump. I'm not working here. I don't make any money here. Screw this place. It's never going to be successful. Well, then we got about a 20 share. So that, when you have a 20 share in radio, most of the time that puts you in solidly in first place by a mile. So we had a 20 share, and she asked if she could come back. She applied. I remember seeing her in the lobby about four years later applying to come back to this radio station. I told the sales manager, I said, uh, do not hire her. She left here four years ago because she said we were a shit pile and would never amount to anything. So let's not hire her and let her, um, uh, you know, benefit, reap the rewards from somebody else's hard work all these years later. And so the sales manager... And I really admired the sales manager for, you know, taking my word for it on that one. She said, yeah, good point. I'm not going to hire anybody who had that attitude. I'm like, good. So let's move back to this guy. Um, he then became a consultant. And uh, he came to the radio station here years and years ago. And uh, his briefcase had gotten stolen. And as it turned out, we put two and two together. 
um, were 90% sure that his briefcase was stolen by a prostitute that he had to his hotel room. Stole the briefcase, stole the wallet, stole everything inside, stole the cell phone, whatever, while he was in the bathroom, while he was in the shower. Uh, she lifted the briefcase and she absconded with said briefcase. So uh, just not always the best people in uh, in radio. So there's another story. And I'm going to ask some radio friends and see if I can come up with some other stories about radio. It is a, a business full of characters, just like the music business is full of characters. All right, so I wrote some notes here. Uh, I've got some emails that I want to read. One is from a regular listener of the podcast. And uh, let me find it here. So Nate wrote quite a bit, and he said, hey, take any of this that you want um, for this week. And he said, I was talking about how technology sometimes just doesn't work for me. And I had an experience with that earlier in the day. Just about an hour or so ago, I had to make a video of Josie, my dog, um, and I doing something to promote the uh, um, Animal Humane Society's Walk for Animals and the fundraiser. And so I shot it on my iPhone, and then I was trying to transfer it via the USB cable to my phone, I mean to my uh, computer. And first of all, you have to find it, and I have thousands of pictures of videos on my phone. I need to get rid of them. So I finally found it, and I'm like, ah, great, let me grab it and drag it onto my desktop. It drags, it's, it's um, percentage, it's like saying yes, almost done, almost done. Oh, the device you were trying to reach is not connected to this computer. What? Try it again. Sorry, the device that you are connected to is not responding or some shit like that. So I have no way to get this video from my iPhone. It's too big to email. I don't know how Dropbox works. Dropbox doesn't work well for me. So I finally went and got out of my drawer a digital camera, remember those? And I shot it on a digital camera because I said I'm not going to spend an hour troubleshooting tech because I'm a creative person. I just want to be creative and I want to get stuff done. I'm very much a task-oriented, creative kind of a person. I don't want to troubleshoot tech. I don't want, and I bitched to Susan all the time. I said, I just want to do my work. I don't want to troubleshoot why the technology is not working. So I said something on the podcast a couple of weeks ago about how my friend Nate is usually the one that I call. He says, contrary to popular belief, technology doesn't always work for me. Although I'm an Apple genius, I get frustrated and I curse when something doesn't work the way it should. But the skills needed to troubleshoot and successfully fix something technology-related are really unique. Obviously, patience goes a long way, too. But if you're patiently going down the wrong path, it's not going to help. Case in point, my mom, who lives in Alexandria, was trying to join a Zoom call for a Wednesday night Bible study this week, and she called because it wasn't working. I was in the middle of dinner, but I hopped on my MacBook Pro, invited her to share her screen, and within five minutes, we had her Zoom desktop client installed, and she was signed in and ready to go. She'd been trying to get it on to work for hours, so her patience was admirable, but the skills were not present to successfully execute the directive. Nate, you're talking in like, like, like a scientist here, and I don't know whether to be annoyed or impressed. Of course, luck also plays a huge part in it too. Smiley face. You know, isn't that funny that here's an Apple genius that still has trouble with that too. Uh, Nate, I appreciate that one. Uh, Nate and I ta have talked about before the best way to store photos, uh, to get the photos off your phone. I've got photos that go all the way back to the summer of 2018 when Carson was at Sea Base Boy Scout Camp. Those are the first photos and videos on my phone, and I just don't know how to do a long 
download onto my computer. And of course, there's the junk photos and the screen grabs that you don't want anymore. And ah, so there they sit. And I'm eternally looking for a solution to getting the stuff off my phone that I want to save forever and free up space on my phone. And one day I'll get a new phone and there go all the photos or I'm going to lose my phone. They're not in the cloud. Uh, I don't think. Maybe they are, but uh, and that's another thing. Who knows where your photos are? Are they in the cloud somewhere? I don't know. Maybe they are. Nate could tell you. All right. Uh, one more thing. is going to do a chapter from my book. Because it's all based on the book, Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. And let me check and see how we're doing for time here. Okay, we're doing pretty good. Um, chapters in the book. I always come up with like new chapters, and I write them down in an app called Notes, Microsoft Notes, on my phone. And uh, that goes across several different platforms, so I can do it on my iPad, I can do it on a computer, whatever, and it really works out well. So another chapter in my book was uh, something that came up when we were talking to somebody who was going through some business and, and something was really screwed up. And she said, I remembered what Dave said, that when you have right on your side, that's a really powerful thing to have. And kind of a sidebar of that one is when you tell the truth and you can tell the truth, that's a really powerful thing to have because you don't have to remember what you said. You don't have to lie. You don't have to change your story. If the truth is that you did not steal the money from the petty cash drawer at work, uh, even though coincidentally the cameras were not operating that day and they can't prove that you didn't or prove that somebody else, if the, pr if the truth is that you are not guilty of something or that you did do something, um, if that's the truth, you never have to change your story. Also, if you have right on your side, that's a very powerful thing to have behind you too because there is right and there is wrong. So if you did something that's right and somebody's accusing you of doing something wrong and they were the ones who did it right, having right on your side is a really powerful thing. I've experienced this myself a couple of times uh, going back to a relationship with an ex-girlfriend um, uh, there was her version of the story, you know, as you could say, her truth, and then there was my truth. I don't believe in your truth and my truth. There is only one truth. How we interpret it or how we tell that story might be different to you and to me. Um, but in this case, I knew I had right on my side. I knew that no matter what this ex-girlfriend said, I had done the right thing. Was me doing the right thing how she wanted her narrative to go? Or did she want her narrative to go, she did the right thing and I was the jerk? Well, she obviously wanted to make herself look good. But in the end, the truth was that I had right on my side. So that's a really powerful thing. So remember that somewhere down the road when you find yourself in sort of a pickle, if you have right and the truth on your side, you're probably going to be okay. Probably. I have no guarantees on this podcast, but I think you're probably going to be okay. I'm going to give you one more that's a little bit more lighthearted. Uh, we lived in a house in Chanhassen, one house before this, and uh, we never went down to the basement. The only thing in the basement was my office, and uh, there was a living room that you walk through, like a rec room, um, uh, where there was a TV and there was a basketball hoop and a treadmill and whatever, and you walk through there to get to my office. And there was a fireplace, and we had a TV down there too. And we never went down there. 
So we had the room renovated. We had a, a shelving unit put in, and we got new furniture for it. And now we're going to spend a lot more time down there. False. We never did. We never used that room. We just never did. I'll give you a more current story. In the house we're in right now. Um, it's a 1996 house, and we love it. It's showing its age because it's definitely got some, you know, dated, dated features in here. Uh, but downstairs, you walk down the foot of the stairs in the basement, there's a, a kitchen, a kitchen with a double sink and a stove and a refrigerator and um, a microwave above the stove and a counter. It was a legitimate kitchen. And it was small, but it was bigger than a lot of apartments and kitchens, kitchens. But it was a kitchen. And we pulled up bar stools to it, and we used it for a couple of the Super Bowl parties, but we never cooked anything down there. And and uh, and finally, about five years ago, we said, let's rip it out, let's get rid of this kitchen, and put in something that's much more entertainment-oriented. So we got all the kitchen cabinets ripped out. We put in very modern, very cool uh, stone wall cabinets with some shelves and some lights and a bar sink rather than a double kitchen sink. And we got rid of the counter and we put in a, a cool high top table with four seats. And we put in another cabinet over here for games. And we were going to use this all the time. We put in fake hardwood floors and we never use it, period. We never use it. And it dawned on me, and I'm going to make this a chapter on my book and I want to get your feedback. We never go down there. We've used it maybe five times. Maybe. We didn't use it. And if my theory is if you don't use it before it's renovated, you're not going to use it after it's renovated. I think back, though, to our backyard. We had a huge renovation done about two or three years ago. And Susan spent a lot of money. She thought she had cancer. We thought she was going to die. And it turned out she was okay. So as a reward, like a, like a gift to herself... She had very spendy landscaping done in the backyard, about $25,000 worth of landscaping with boulders and a, a stair step, stair, whatever, like a stone staircase. And, and it's beautiful and a waterfall that flows over two levels and it's gorgeous. And we actually use it all the time. We're out there all the time in the summer because it's so beautiful and peaceful. But we kind of sat in the backyard before. So, but my theory is I want to see whether you buy this. If you don't use a space before you renovate it, you won't use it after. Maybe I'm absolutely wrong. Hey, you know me. I'm super open-minded, right? Let me know if I'm wrong. I would just like to hear from you uh, and hear uh, and hear your email. So send me an email to ryanshow at kwb.com. Um, uh, let me know whether you enjoy the stories about radio, whether you enjoy the stories about music, uh, whether you want to only stick to the book, um, uh, I would really like to have you enjoy the podcast as much as possible so you'll be back next week and maybe tell a friend about it. So let me know about those things, um, renovating a space and um, radio stories and music stories and the book and that type of thing. Uh, send emails to Dave Ryan at kdwb.com. Don't forget to go on the um, Facebook page, take a shower, show up on time, and don't steal anything to check out that video from 1983 and watch them for the part where they show the girl sitting at a computer monitor and they zoom back and they show her for a blink and a half. All right, that's it. The book, take a shower, show up on time, and don't steal anything. The podcast, the same name. Thank you for listening. Have a great week. We'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.